Welcome to the AGWM Leadership Podcast. Super excited to be continuing on our conversation on developing others. We started off by talking about the why. Why is it important that we develop leaders? And then we talked about what kind of an environment. How do we create a safe environment so that people can grow? And now today we're going to dive a little deeper into maybe a little more practice of how do you structure growth in an area? And Daryl, welcome back. Thank you. It's always good to hang out and talk with you. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Start us off. Where do we start when we when we think about structuring, make creating a structure to develop people? Yeah, I think you have to start wherever you are. So mm-hmm. when we started doing this in Central Eurasia, our initial task was figure out how to develop brand new people, mm-hmm. and we had a, a context where they were coming to us. So it was all kind of one on one and in small groups, in person kinds of stuff. But very quickly, along with that task, we had some tier four leaders. And we had people who needed further development as yeah. as team leaders and as ministry leaders, uh, and so we had to figure out early on as well. Okay, we got a few people that need development, but that is that are at a distance. Yeah. And so all of our all of our areas and our ministries maybe are structured a little bit differently or mm-hmm. are at different kinds of stages for this. And so I think you you look at where you are, mm-hmm. and you figure out okay, what could where where could we start? Where does mm-hmm. the environment already have space to start? And, yeah. and then what can we do? Within that, um, in terms of really concrete things, I think it's really helpful to start thinking because of the challenges of our context, Mm -hmm. distance, time to do this, that kind of stuff, um, to think about what can I do at a distance versus what really needs to be one-on-one or what needs to be in person rather. It could be in small groups or things, but Mm -hmm. um, a lot of development can happen via Zoom, it can happen via podcasts, and maybe, you know, can happen reading books and having right. discussion groups and all kinds of things that, that I don't need to be physically present for, or mm-hmm. whoever is going to be kind of engaged in that development process doesn't need to be, we don't need to be together. Right. Uh, but then there's other stuff where yeah, maybe you can figure out how to do it by a distance, but it just, it just works better. Yeah. If you can look each other in the eye. You can have a little give and take and a little dialogue, just like this is. Yeah, this podcast is a lot easier to do looking at each other. Absolutely, than it would be if we were just kind of on a phone in our closets trying to have a quiet environment. Right. Yeah. So, um, so how do you how do you determine those kind of things? Like when you when you're looking at, um, I'm I'm looking at a person and I'm thinking they're different. Okay, I, I, I could send them resources to develop or I really do need to be face-to-face with this person. What are the things that tilt you one way or another? Uh, I think a lot of times it has to do with the type of content we're thinking about, the okay. type of development that we're thinking about. Um, for all the people that we're involved in, in really intentional kind of development with, mm-hmm. we we end up with a blend every single person we're in sort of a hybrid model where yeah. you have you have stuff that's happening at a distance and you have stuff that's happening in person and and for maybe for my my tier four leaders that live on a different continent than me they're in Istanbul which is clinging to the edge of Europe and mm-hmm. we're in, in the center of Asia almost as far from an ocean on the planet as you can get like we are not in the same spot maybe for them I'm only seeing them face to face three four five days 10 days a year at yeah. a couple conferences or, you know, a long layover or something like that. Uh, other people, the people that live where I live, I mm-hmm. get to see face-to-face, you know, every week or a couple times a month at least when I happen to be home. Yeah. And so for all of them, though, there is some 
interaction in a in a personal, direct, physical kind of way. And then there's there's stuff that we do online, and it has more to do with what's the content that we're trying to think about. Is this stuff that that people can read or watch and and sort of process internally and engage in in sort of text-based dialogue, right? Uh, or in a in a video chat, mm-hmm. um, or is it something often something that's more it feels more vulnerable. It feels mm-hmm. more uh, feels more like it touches my heart or my soul, mm-hmm. and has more to do with who I am than with maybe how I do something or yeah. or how I think about something. The stuff that's really feels very personal yeah. tends to work better in a in a face to face kind of environment. Yeah, I, and I think one of the challenges that I hear often with people who lead across multiple geographical areas is how do I lead and develop people at a distance? Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear you saying, hey, there are certain things you can do, especially information-based, or, but when you really get down to the, to the core of a person, and that really takes some intentional time face-to-face with them. Mm-hmm. So how often would you meet with your people that you need to meet with face-to-face? Again, it, it just varies a lot. We have a, a leadership team mm-hmm. for Central Eurasia, and I see those people in person um, two to four times a year. Mm-hmm. And so that's a couple days at a conference, a couple days at an in- we have two in-person team meetings a year as a leadership team, so those are a few days together for yeah. that. Uh, so we're spending, in general, something like two weeks, two and a half weeks together over the course of a year. Um, you know, so it would be great if we had more physical time, if we were present and lived in the same city or something and could see yeah. each other and kind of do life together a little mm-hmm. bit more, but it's just not practical for us. On the other hand, like there's people that I'm mentoring that live in the same town as me, uh, that live one kilometer from my door, you know, that we interact with quite a bit. And yeah. whenever I'm home, I'm, I'm seeing them intentionally. We spend three or four hours, five hours a week mm-hmm. uh, talking about, Ministry, talking about work, talking about life, being together in, mm-hmm. in a in a kind of intentional kind of environment. So it really does it really does vary. Um, I think more so than thinking about that, we can come to come to that and how you how you do some of those things. Some of the things that we can do mm-hmm. as a, as an area would yeah. be to be really intentional about structure kinds of stuff. Okay. So you can think about like. We, we talked a little bit about kind of having a vision for where we're trying to go, seeing that statue within that stone. Right. Um, AGWM has really supplied us wonderfully with great language about competencies. Mm-hmm. Um, this leadership podcast is working through some leadership capacities, things that we're able to do. Yeah. Uh, and these are all really good. They're all really good sort of uh, terms to help us kind of visualize what, where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we can think through okay in terms of competencies some of that is is really like content I need to deliver some content and I need to uh, or I, uh, as a, as a missionary I need to receive some content mm-hmm. process it and think about it in my context yeah. right and so a, a lot of the competency things we can probably do at a distance yeah um, especially now that we're working in teams we're working with tier four leaders in a lot of places or. Uh, or you have a tier four leader who has maybe maybe nationals and people that they work with in their environment where um, if you can get them thinking about something, they have a group, you know, they're not doing it in isolation. Yeah. They have people they can do this with. Uh, and so the question becomes for us, at least in Central Eurasia, has been uh, how are we structured mm-hmm. so that um, we're building resources, we're building things that people can access so that the development stuff that works well at a distance is yeah. is available for them. Yeah. Um, 
And so that can look like right now we're, we're actually, this is a new thing we're trying to work on, is putting together a kind of an internal website that would at least house resources. So we have, you know, we have like uh, a resource list for thinking about growing in cultural sort of competency and mm-hmm. cultural exegesis and, and understanding culture and all of that. Yeah. Um, but currently the way that works is somebody realizes they need to grow in this area mm-hmm. and they think to themselves, how do I do that? And they email someone in Springfield or, you know, or they think to email me and they say, oh, like, what am I supposed to do about this? And I'm like, oh, I have this, you know, we have these resources. Have you tried looking at this book and kind Mm -hmm. of thinking through the questions in this chapter? And, you know, you can kind of point people to stuff, but it's all uh, sort of helter-skelter. It's just kind of all over the place right now for us. And so trying to bring that together into a uh, one sort of centralized resource location will help our area focus on development in a more consistent kind of way. Yeah. Um, sort of related to that, we have people, and I think probably every area in all of AGWM, you've got someone in your area who loves understanding culture. Yeah, They just love that competency. Like, you know, they, they think about contextualization and they think about yeah. the Bible and they think about that stuff. But man, if you start having a conversation about, uh, you know, cultural patterns for how people sit and show honor and shame in a community and these kinds of things, they just light up, right? Yeah. Uh, you have someone who really loves Bible theology and how that applies in this new context. You know, mm-hmm. you've got someone who's passionate about language. You've got people who are passionate about these different things, and so we're working to um, to empower the people who are really passionate about that stuff to kind of also be drivers of growth and development within this particular competency in our area. And so that will also have to be at a distance, right? You can't you can't pull them all together and make them all live in the same place, and right. and then pull everybody else together so that those people who are really passionate as they grow can be sort of sharing with others. We have to do all that at a distance as well. And so that's Mm -hmm. also stuff that we're trying to kind of pull together into a centralized kind of way. And then through that, we can kind of equip the whole area and be be developing everybody, Mm -hmm. not just the tier four leaders, but team members and people who are not tier four leaders uh, as they they kind of explore these new competencies. So those are a couple of things that you can do at a distance really easily, potentially. I wonder if, if there would be a opportunity for us as AGWM globally actually to think about this idea of a resource database. Because when I hear you talking about, hey, we're scrambling to find resources or we're trying to scrambling to collate resources, mm-hmm. um, man, we've literally just had that very same conversation in Africa. Well, how do we get the resources and how do we make them available? And I wonder how much time and energy we're all spending individually where a lot there's a lot of overlap in some of that informational mm-hmm. stuff because we're learning principles and values, not specific necessarily specific information to Kyrgyzstani culture right, or whatever. Right, right, yeah. And I think I think the cool thing that's going to happen as we do this, whether it's at an AGWL level or it's at a regional level or, or at least we're doing this, um, over time I'm going to see emerge in my countries people who really develop specialties in these kinds of areas. Mm-hmm. And and you can think of those people within AGWM broadly, right? Like yeah. if you sit and you go, who are the people who are really sharp at theology of mission? Yeah. You know, and, and, and people's names come to mind. Absolutely. Uh, who are the people who are just really good at sort of that contextualization, doing ministry in a local context, and people's names start. And, and so we want to help the next generation, whether it's people who are in their 40s that are just kind of getting going, or whether it's people who are in their 20s and they've got years to kind of work on this. Uh, I want those people yeah. emerging out of Turkey and out of Azerbaijan, and as well as out of India and Africa and everywhere else. Right. More, so we're trying to create space uh, and an environment where 
um, growing broadly is valued, but also we really want to encourage people who have a passion for a specific kind of thing. Yeah. So creating online uh, database um, and online resources, which you guys are working towards um, engaging with certain people at certain times. What else would you add to the package there? So some of the structural things that we can do mm-hmm. um, are more intentionally the face-to-face kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So there's there's different types of things that we can do at a distance. You might think of you know reading clubs around a particular kind of topic or mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, right? Um, the other thing that we've done is we have every year a summer conference that happens. Okay. And so for us, summer conference is a really important time for spiritual renewal and sort of relational community mm-hmm. gathering together. So as Sarah was talking about, are we creating an environment that is safe and that is healthy and that creates space for people to mm-hmm. grow, which involves, I hope, experimenting and creativity yeah. and brings mistakes, but also brings new learning and all of that. Right. Uh, our, our summer conference, I'm hoping, is, is building that type of environment and helping people see, oh, it's not just my team that is telling me that this is how Central Eurasia is, but I'm looking more broadly and seeing that here in this community as well. Yeah. So there's that, there's that spiritual renewal and community renewal side of it. Mm-hmm. But we also always do some kind of training. Yeah. You know, so we have worship service times and altar calls and all of that, and we also have uh, you know, some specialist who comes in and teaches about church planting or some specialist who comes in and teaches about uh, resilience and thriving on the field yeah. or, or any, usually thinking in terms of the competencies, but we're bringing people in. We're doing intentional development yeah. in face-to-face environments where that happens. In Within kind of Live Dead Silk Road, where we really kind of got started on the development side of things, uh, we started doing what we called resource weeks, which okay. was functionally, mm-hmm. you know, three days, four days, sometimes even five days, focused on a topic, mm-hmm. optional, but hey, we're going to, you know, gather people in Istanbul, we're going to focus on um, team leadership. So in mm-hmm. that case, you know, all of our tier four leaders had the option. We really encourage them to come, but we're going to just focus in and focus on how to lead, how to resolve conflict, how to communicate well, how to, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. Or uh, we did a whole a whole week on evangelism and just mm. how do you engage talking to lost people. So you do some training in the morning, yeah. send people out two by two to get some practical experience, pull them back together, have some debriefings, some more training, and keep, you know, so doing things – um, that just felt like this is going to work better if we're together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we've done resource weeks, usually once, maybe twice a year, okay. where, again, optional topics kind of sometimes related to sort of what we're looking at our area and going, what are the felt needs? Yeah. Uh, other times just going, oh, we haven't talked about this competency in three years. Better do, better do something. And so we kind of are uh, trying to create those face-to-face environments where people can be together. And so mm-hmm. for us, the resource weeks usually kind of spring and fall have mm-hmm. been really helpful and that helps building community and building an environment of safety and all that yeah. as well um and what kind of percentage would you have like how, how many people attend those Ooh. um i mean the evangelism one was really big we had 55 people okay. so i mean a third of half, your people or well, at the time people. maybe half our people okay. were at that one it was we barely fit in the training room and um that was really fun mm-hmm. uh i mean like that was that one was a little bit chaotic. The mess of like families came in, so kids and all that stuff. So it was a lot of work. Uh, a lot of times they're going to be in the neighborhood of, uh, I don't know, 15 to 30, 15 to 40 people. So somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 15 to 25% of our people maybe are going to sh- show up at one of these. Because they, they come in from all over the place yeah, to yeah, a yeah. central location, yeah. and it's all voluntary, and anybody can come. Usually, yeah. I mean, sometimes um, maybe if you're doing like a, a Tier 4 training specific yes. kind of resource week, maybe not. Or, 
what we've done recently, so recently one of our other teams hosted a resource week. They set it up. They got the speakers. They arranged everything. And, and so we're all the way out in Kyrgyzstan. This resource week is happening in Turkey. And so we said, we want to make this available to people on our team. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we kind of talked with people. And essentially what we said was, you can go, but if you go, you have to learn something, right? Which means when you come back, we want you to be able to, yeah. to, to teach our team something that you learned. And so try and, you know, one of the dangers for us in, in, as missionaries is we, we can, and we see this with local people as well, like pastors and stuff in our context at least, you can get really busy going to conferences and learning all kinds of stuff yes. and, and, and then moving on to the next thing and having an amazing stack of notes from something but somehow never getting around to like yeah. applying it in my life. And I see that in myself all the time. I was just telling Sarah the other day, I think I need to listen to fewer podcasts and maybe listen more than once to the mm -hmm. ones that I do listen to. You know, like, like am, I, am I really processing yeah. this information that somebody shared with me or am I just sort of, uh, you know, like worshiping information and not doing anything with it? And so we're trying as we, as we create these sort of face-to-face -face things, also trying to help people concretely apply so yeah. don't just don't just learn something mm -hmm. in an informational sense but learn something in a very practical how do i how do i use this in my context kind of way yeah which which is great i love so many different aspects of that the the fact that hey the people who are going to come are committed because they want to be there mm. we're not forcing them and then the idea that the training is not just what happens in that week but it but it's also the application of it moving forward yeah. And making sure that it it goes it goes deep and is reproduced and passed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a great idea. We have we have the great advantage of having Istanbul within our area, and yeah. you can fly to everywhere in our area from there. So it's very easy when we host them there. It's very easy for people to get there. Yeah. Uh, and I think for most of our people, it's not super attractive to go there. Yeah. Like the first time, the second time you go to Istanbul, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's a cool city. Um, but after you've been there a few times, you're like, ugh, I don't want to go there again. But I really want this topic. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> that in a good shawarma. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. You know, they're not. It's not like it's next door to Disney or something. <laughs> no. People are like, yeah, I'll go to the conference. Sure, I'll go. <laughs> uh, so m maybe that helps us on that. Yeah, <laughs> that absolutely. Well. Uh, so we've been doing those kinds of things. Absolutely. Uh, creating some structural things that are that are happening within our area, that periodically are pulling people together mm -hmm. to focus on something, and then. And then I think that comes with the organizational expectation that we're going to do something with this in our own yeah. lives. Excellent. So, I, I, again, summary, I, I've heard three or four different ways. You've got your online resources that are ongoing. You've got your in-team development. Mm -hmm. Whenever you do something that's corporate, like a, your annual conference or annual retreat, you make sure you weave training in there so that it's, that it's growing people in a certain competency. And then you provide the the learning fall and spring learning opportunities where people can come in so there's a lot of intentionality of providing opportunities both that are kind of more on the required sign you're part of the team we're going to mm -hmm. do this mm -hmm. to hey here's some things that are really going to hone you in an area but very intentional and in keeping it in front of people yeah do you ever lose do, do people ever lose balance where they end up doing the thing i'm going to too many conferences too much training and don't get engaged as much i mean the convenient thing for us, and I suspect a lot of your people in Africa have this convenience as well, is basically all travel other than to Istanbul is expensive mm -hmm. from our area, which means uh, if you're going to too many conferences, you're spending lots of money yeah. just to fly places. And so that kind of helps temper that a little bit for us. Uh, it, it is the case. You know, I think I think our people are on a bell curve. And yeah. there's some people that you go, man, I wish they would sort of read a little more. Yeah, I wish they would uh, pursue growing a little more. 
And then there's a, there are a few people that you're like, I bet they could read a few fewer books. Yeah, and actually and, stay and, in contact right, yeah, a little and, you longer. Know, like, and, like, and, you know, go to a couple of fewer <clears throat> conferences. And so there's that. There's a little bit of that, but there's really not okay. lots of that. Uh, most people who join AGWM are joining because they want to see something happen in the yeah. place they're going. And we always tell people, like, you're the, you're an amazing missionary if you don't go anywhere. Just, like, yeah. stay where you are. <laughs> Talk to lost people. Yeah work with the local church, you know, like, like that's what we're called to do. That's what our heart is. And so uh, I don't think we have a ton of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we work really hard to encourage ongoing development and, and retooling and, and learning new things and trying to figure out how to apply them where they are. Yeah. Um, but all of our people are, are really pretty engaged where they are as well. And so it's, it's more of a, a, of a challenge for them to say, okay, well, we really want to value our vacation. And so mm-hmm. we're already going to be missing a few weeks because of that. And mm-hmm. then there's this conference and then, you know, we're going to go to the, and, and they really begin to feel when they're, when they're yeah. sort of traveling too much and they self-regulate that quite, quite a bit. No, that makes sense. Okay. So we've talked about resources. Um, we have talked about kind of creating a structure and intentionality, mm-hmm. different ways of training. How about you personally? Yeah. How do you like with your leadership team, how do you pour into them and develop them? Yeah. Uh, I think for all of us as area directors or as ministry directors, we can do a lot of stuff structurally, organizationally, as an area. We can we can build a bunch of stuff that sort of I hope works even without my direct input, right? Like mm-hmm. it's we have great people who can help each other grow, and we're helping create an environment for that. Right? Yeah. Um, but we also need to be engaged in that work. Okay. I think all of us have something to contribute for developing others. Uh, for us, that really boils down often to mentoring of mm-hmm. different different kinds. Uh, again, when I'm working with with really experienced workers and I'm mentoring, it tends to look more like coaching. If you're yeah. kind of familiar with how leadership coaching or Absolutely. life coaching or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. works, uh, all of our people who are occupying uh, kind of organizational, structural leadership roles, we have them take in, like introductory coaching classes yeah. just for the mentality and the mindset. Yeah. Um, because so much of what we're doing is I'm trying to mentor someone who lives in a different country yeah. among a different people group. Uh, you know, doing stuff that I don't know anything about, like agriculture or right. running a restaurant, or I don't even know, like stuff that I'm just not, right. it's not me. And so I'm not showing up as an expert and saying, hey, you know, when you plant this sorghum, like mm-hmm. do it this way. Right. right. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not what development means coming from me. Um, but so especially with the experienced people, uh, I get engaged in really in coaching kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have more sort of mentoring relationships with newer and younger missionaries who really are early on in the process and you've walked those roads. Yeah. And, but even there, some combination, I think, of, of more of a mentoring mindset and a coaching mindset kind yeah. of maybe no, in different totally types of situations sense. is helpful. Uh, so for us, what that's meant is we have uh, kind of looked across our area and said, where do we need to be involved to help a particular a particular region developed, so I need to be engaged with a couple of people's lives over there, mm-hmm. or for particular maybe strategic locations, like we have people who are training new people. Yeah. And so I really feel like I need to be involved in those leaders' lives, uh, and we we've in, in, engaged in mentoring or coaching relationships in those different kinds of situations. Some of them again live right down the street from us. Mm-hmm. Most of them are at a distance. Yeah. And so for those ones at a distance, which is I think for all of us is going to be more common. Um, we're looking at, you know, usually a monthly Zoom call, basically, mm-hmm. and engaging in their lives or talking through what's going on in life. So there's sort of personal conversation. There's sort of work, business, like are you sort of meeting your goals? Are yeah. You, um, how, are, how are things going on your team and all of that? 
Um, and then I am usually trying to, so in those kinds of conversations, that's more the coaching type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for a chunk of them, I do like monthly training calls, basically. Yeah. Uh, and we just are kind of working through a, a list of topics where maybe I'm teaching for 20 or 40 minutes on a Zoom call, and then we're having some conversation around a topic yeah. and and just sort of working through equipping and, and developing. And, and often in those calls, like I'll teach a, a, a chunk of information, and then everybody else already has sort of ideas. And yeah. they've some of them have encountered this particular thing. Like I worked through uh, Carrie Newhoff's At Your Best, right? yeah. which is this sort of time management, but yeah. also sort of energy systems management kind of thing. Super simple, talked through it, and then everybody's kind of like, oh, wait, well, I have this kind of, you know, and we, yeah. we all sort of mentor each other in that way. That's very cool. Um, so engage, we engage in that kind of way, trying to equip leaders and, and help them be better at what they're doing. And again, uh, for me, part of the expectation is that they're taking that information, they're working it in their own life, but maybe also in their team yeah. or with other leaders that they're working with or in their local ministry. And so things are always being sort of passed on as well. Love it. Awesome. Well, Daryl, thank you so much. Um, great takeaways from, I think, our series of three podcasts mm-hmm. as we've mm-hmm. talked about developing others, starting with the why and the importance of investing in people so that they're more effective. Yeah. And then the fact that, man, we really have to be intentional in thinking about environment and creating environment. And then once we get that environment of safety established, how we can use a multitude of different things, whether it's um, online resources, um, incorporating it into training into our normal meetings, um, developing specific play- ways that we can do it, and then as leaders pouring into people with the expectation, of course, that it goes on, I just think gives us a real great overview of different practical ways we can mm-hmm. engage with that. So yep. really appreciate you uh, hanging out and talking. Yeah, thank you. All right. Hey, friends, we'll catch you next time. Thanks.